0: Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo, my name is Josh.
1: Hey, you know it's Dugo over here, what's going on folks?
0: Thank you guys for tuning in to Week 10's episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Got some shit I want to talk about, Dugo, um, but also wanted to uh, ask you your thoughts on a certain running back who okay, who kind of popped off this week, and that's uh, Keaton Mitchell for the Ravens.
1: oh dude, the Ravens in general are just popping off right now, but... The young guy, Keaton Mitchell, the the old running back from uh, ECU, Eastern, Eastern Carolina University, for you folks out there that didn't know, he is a very small running back, but holy shit is he nimble.
0: He's nimble. <laughs> That's a crazy one. He's nimble. Yeah,
1: nimble, uh, nimble,
0: nimble, nimble.
1: He's nimble. Yep. He's out there. He can do a lot of shit. You know, like, when he was at ECU... The guy literally was a do-it-all back when he was 5'8", 170, I think. So, I mean, like, this guy isn't very big, but what he is is dynamic. And you saw that this weekend. It was definitely his coming-out party, especially on uh, the national scale, at least. Uh, So, yeah, man, I really like Keaton Mitchell, especially as a change of speed back going forward. Uh, Just because... You know, Gus Edwards has actually been getting his shit off lately, too.
0: Yeah, big goal line
1: guy. Huge goal line guy. And so if they can find someone that they can kind of switch in and out with that, I think that not only is it going to help the three running backs, including our boy Lamar Jackson, Action Jackson, Mm -hmm. but I also think that it's going to open up more passing lanes as well. So if you have people out there like an OBJ or... I mean, I doubt that people have uh, Rashad Bateman out on the wire. Maybe they do. Who knows? Yeah. But those guys might be getting a little bit more action. So if you have some guys that are, you know, either getting injured out there or you have some bye week demons coming up, you can go look out for those cats because I believe they've already had their bye. So Mm -hmm. you can go out there and you can go get some people to take you down the home stretch especially, like I said, if you've been experiencing injuries. And like I said, this this offense to me just looks like it keeps opening up more and more and gets more and more comfortable. You guys got to uh, think this is still a first-year offensive coordinator in the NFL, so he's probably just getting his feet wet. He probably wants to get comfortable as well. So I think that they're going to start opening up some more shit, which means that they're going to probably start uh, scoring more points. I mean, we've seen it a couple different times now. Yep. This past game, they went run heavy before we saw pass heavy. So it's one of those things where they've shown their strengths in both areas. Yep. Now defensive coordinators are going to have to adjust accordingly, which means, like I said, passing lanes will start opening up.
0: You know what? I love the offense, and I love the fit of Tom Mankin in Baltimore. Uh, that spread offense that Dugo was kind of previously talking about, its it's really helpful when you have playmakers. Right, so it's helpful for a guy like Lamar when it comes to his rushing efficiency. Yep. Because the idea of a spread offense is to spread the defense horizontally, sideline to sideline, right? So these guys aren't stacking a box against you. They're playing dime packages. There are a lot of DBs on the field. And bringing it back to Keaton Mitchell, you know, I think that's where he could succeed Hugo, Uh Keaton Mitchell is a really elusive back. I mean, the guy averaged 15 yards per carry on nine touches last week.
1: Yeah, man, don't let the guy catch an edge on you because once he gets the edge, Good luck catching him because this, these were one of the guys who was running the 4-3, damn near 4 two forties 40s at this past combine. Yes. I mean, he was in that same conversation as the rest of them. So mm-hmm. I really like this guy going forward, man, especially if you can keep getting more touches. And, I mean, I think that if you're uh, the offensive coordinator, Tom Mocken, Mocken, I think that you can start to think, yeah, I can have a little bit of trust with this cat. You know, I, I don't, I don't see why not. There, there aren't really a lot of other options, in the sheer fact that he was able to actually put out the way he was able to show out, and I, I'm excited for the kid because he's given himself a lot of opportunities with doing what he's doing right now.
0: Hundred percent. A couple of last things on Keaton Mitchell. He's an undrafted free agent. He comes out of once again East Carolina. I know Harbaugh to be a guy who likes his bets. and historically, if you remember Tyson Williams. Uh, he's always kind of leaned on his bets, give or go, and I do think that Gus Edwards is going to remain a pivotal, you know, part of the offense. So moving forward, I think that if you're spending bad on Keaton Mitchell, I'm comfortable spending up to maybe twenty five percent.
1: So I guess, like, what are your thoughts about like? You we, we obviously still have Justice Hill out there. I don't think he's really gotten much for injuries. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like uh, Keontae Mitchell is going to definitely get more work. I think he's going to probably get. I hope at least... Keaton Mitchell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my apologies, my apologies folks. Yeah. But I think he's going to at least like get like five or so carries a game, but you still got to think about Justice Hill, who's been out there as well, who's also... I mean, this last game, I don't think he was super efficient, but one thing about him is he is pretty much that PPR back on that team. I mean, we talk about Gus Edwards being more of the goal line, short yarders back typically, maybe some third down work maybe first, second down, mm-hmm. but more goal line or short yardage I would say. And then you have those other two guys, the young workhorses, like I said, Justice Hill, who I would say is probably more of the PPR back and, you know, Keaton Mitchell who just you know, he's pretty much just coming off the block right now. But I mean he could do a little bit of everything like I alluded to. Yeah. But I I would feel like they probably run more with Justice. I mean, you alluded to him, like, or you alluded to Harbaugh liking his bets more, and at least he has a little bit more experience under his belt.
0: Justice Hill has a slight size advantage over Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell was a little bit more explosive last week. He was much more efficient. Once again, it was nine carries, 150-something yards, 148 yards. And Justice Hill actually led the backfield in touches, but only had 40 yards on the ground. Crazy. Keaton Mitchell kind of slides into that Justin's Hill role, if you ask me. I guess we'll see. But if the rookie continues to produce like that, he's going to have a bright future in the league. And another bright future uh, coming up is actually another bird team. What? Cardinals are uh, getting Kyle Murray and maybe James Conner back in Week 10. <sighs> what are your thoughts on your boy, James Conner, who you, you know what I'm saying? You talk about every year.
1: Hey, bro, I love the fact that he's going to be coming back here soon, dog. Because with James Conner, I feel like that injury wasn't necessarily supposed to keep him in IR. But I feel like they wanted just to take the stress off of him for a few weeks. Just saying like, yo, like, you don't got to do nothing but recover for the next four weeks. So him coming back, I think, is going to be explosive. Especially with the addition of a possible Kyler Murray as quarterback. I mean, we were coming into the season, folks, thinking that Kyler Murray probably wouldn't see the light of day on the field. It's looking like this team actually has a little bit of promise, so they're wanting to see him now. Mm -hmm. to me, that's awesome because, I mean, you're going to definitely, like I said, uh, you're going to see some uh, great work from James Conner because, I mean, you're just not going to be able to do the things like stack the box and stuff against Kyler Murray. You just can't do that. Mm -hmm. And you also have the wide receivers out there, folks. Like, we haven't seen him work with uh, Michael Wilson yet. We haven't seen him do anything – this year, at least, we haven't seen him do anything with Rondale Moore. And, I mean, Hollywood Brown's been pretty all right for you folks out there. I don't have any stock in him, but, you know, he's been pretty all right. So I would see an uptick with all those cats, especially and not to mention Trey McBride. Yes. Trey McBride, folks, he, he could definitely get a little bit more work, especially up the seams. Like I said, if you have linebackers focused on the quarterback like that, and you have to rely on safeties. The Carver six four six five tight ends. It's not always going to work out very well.
0: No, it usually doesn't. And I know Zach Ertz was put on IR about two weeks ago. Yep. Moving forward, who's your buy between Zach Ertz and Trey McBride second half of the season?
1: McBride, hundred percent. I think that just the way that the offense is going to be going forward, I think it's going to be centered around trying to get some of the young players more looks. Um, So that doesn't mean that James Conner is going to fall off the end or anything like that. You know, you still got to make the offense go. But I'm saying like they probably want to incorporate more Trey McBride, more Michael Wilson, you know, Rondale Moore. Some of those cats that they already invested some picks into that they want to see how they go.
0: Yo, Trey McBride is actually pretty explosive. He is. His best comparable, if you aren't familiar with his game, was actually Heath Miller, uh, who was the tight end for the Steelers. Uh, right now in the NFL, I mean, Trey McBride is second in yards per route run. He is top of the league when it comes to fantasy points per route. The guy is really effective when he gets his opportunities. Yep. He's elusive. He's as fast as he needs to be. I think he ran a 4-6-40. Uh So for a tight end, that's pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, he was, when he was coming out of the draft this past year, or not this last year, but the year before. He was definitely the do-it-all uh, tight end out of the group, and there was bountiful reasons for it. Mm-hmm. So, definitely happy he's getting his flowers now and, and has a actual opportunity, I think, to be the one in that team.
0: Yep, 100%. And so, moving forward about Kyler Murray and James Conner in the offense. Yeah. So, Drew Petzing is the offensive coordinator for the Cardinals. Yep. And his background... And his offensive scheme is centered around the West Coast offense. Right. That's something me and Doug have talked to you guys about for months now. Years. Years damn near. The West Coast this is a very simple system. You stay under center, you use three to five step drops, quick distribute, easy passes. It's similar to what Dallas, uh what Dallas runs with Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and all those guys. This offense for Kyler Murray is gonna be a shift and it's not gonna be the air raid where it's similar to what we mentioned earlier, the spread. Right. Right, the air raid was five receivers on the field. You're stretching the defense horizontally, and you pick the guy you want to throw to, or you run up one of the open lanes. Mm-hmm. This West Coast offense is very much more a tight formation, and so a Trey McBride has appeal because he can be in line, he can block and release, and he can go get you know um, he can go get his receptions close to the line of scrimmage, easy completions. When I look at a guy like Michael Wilson, though, I really like his future in this offense because I think he's a bigger body than Marquise Brown, and he's a better that in between the numbers and now you have kyler murray who let's not forget is a damn good quarterback dugo he's going to be able to just fucking sling bullets middle of the field between the numbers 10 to 15 yards down the field michael wilson might even be the first read on a couple of plays and if they integrate an rpo with james Conner, you know that offensive line has been a little bit better than what you'd expect i think james Conner can go ahead and uh you know he he was efficient the first half of the season dugo but i think the second half with kyler murray the defense is going to play a little bit deeper, Connor might be able to pick up a couple extra yards. So I like both those guys moving forward. If James Connor plays this week, I have him as a low-end RB2. Uh, And Kyler Murray, first week back, plays the Atlanta Falcons, who have kind of been going off the deep end. But uh, I like Kyler Murray, low-end QB1. Let's see what it looks like. If I have a better bet, if I have a better play, you know, maybe I'll go with that. But Kyler Murray, for his rushing upside alone, is somebody that you have to consider in your starting lineup.
1: I think that James Conner gets a touchdown this weekend if he plays. So I would still say start uh, James Conner regardless. So,
0: Who do you think wins that game, Cardinals or Falcons?
1: I'd probably assume the Falcons just because I feel like the Cardinals have a lot more pieces moving in that are a little bit more fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, I, I just feel like Taylor Heineke is going to be a little bit more comfortable with his second start in this team now. Uh, I, I just think that's going to be a little bit more productive. Uh, and we can only hope that they can integrate Bijan Robinson into the offense more. Obviously, it's been abysmal. It's been crazy. It's been
0: terrible. It's been bad.
1: I mean, and... obviously, he's still top 20 running back, I believe. But it, it's nothing close to what it should be at all.
0: Yeah, that Arthur Smith situation in Atlanta is pretty bad right now.
1: Do you and... think that he should be on the hot seat? Like, if you're the GM and you've given those guys so many pieces, and it's like, Hey, like, what are what are you doing, bud? Like, why aren't you getting the guy that we We had the seventh pick last year for a reason? Mm-hmm. We drafted you this cap for a reason. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you utilizing why aren't you utilizing him? Like do you think they have those conversations or like what what do you think is going through the that organization right now?
0: It's interesting because you have three top ten picks and those three top ten picks are Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. And the whole concept of what Arthur Smith wants to run on offense is smash mouth football, right? So you're running it, you know, inside gaps, a lot of bully ball. You want to build off the play action, get easy completions downfield when you can suck in the defense. Pause. <laughs> and Bijan Robinson, he, it's not that he doesn't have the talent. It's just that I don't know if you want to put that much, like if you have a Tyler Algier, who's a bigger back, who's just a little bit thicker. Uh, <laughs> He can run up the middle and he can eat those hits, and you can use Bijan more so like between the 20s, right? And you know, he can get you those elusive big runs. But ultimately, when you get into the golden zone, the treasure zone, the red zone, I mean, Tyler Algier with his size is the perfect fit. And I don't think Arthur Smith cares about your fantasy football team as he's made it known. But ultimately, I think he does need to be on the hot seat because he's gone seven and ten the last two years, and right now he's four and five. Right. So, like, brother, you haven't had a winning season, and you've picked three of our first-round picks, and you don't use any of them. Yep. You can't be bad and not use your first-round picks. Right. You don't have that privilege yet. No. So, moving forward, I'm kind of... Like, I like Drake London. Wide receiver three for me moving forward on this offense. We'll see if he plays this week, go.
1: He has picked up some a little bit, which I'm a little pissed about just because I'm a hater. Big hater. But, yeah... Yeah. Happy to see that Hammond, even Pitts, pick up some production a little bit.
0: Your boy Johnny Smith got a 60 yard touchdown.
1: Bro, I'm, s- I'm going to be right about that, folks. I think Johnny Smith is going to outscore uh, Pitts by the end of the year.
0: Five of six for 100 yards last week.
1: Yeah, bro. He's, uh, he's legit. Too legit to quit.
0: Too legit to quit. Uh, speaking of quitting, uh, Josh Dobbs left that Arizona Cardinals team that plays the Falcons and he went to Minnesota.
1: What? And
0: he won his first game in Minnesota. Yup. He turned out a pretty good performance. Next week he gets the Saints, but he actually had one, he had his best fantasy day (laughs) in his first week in Minnesota with those weapons in Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, and Kevin O'Connell, who, like, kind of went out there and showed how good of a coach he really is to go.
1: Yeah, dude, I mean, with three days or so, days to prepare... And not even going into the week, you know, like, as a starter, so you're not really taking that many reps, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And being out there and going through it, I mean, we saw pictures of him, uh, even, like, going through his cadence with the offensive line on the sideline because he's -hmm. so new to them. Like, they don't know his cadence. So, yeah, like, it's it's extremely impressive to see what he was able to do. And if you ask me, you got to pick this guy up and – He's going to be on the waiver wire. I think he's only uh, owned in 20 or so percent of leagues, if that.
0: His next three matchups are against the Saints, the Broncos, and the Bears.
1: Three of the worst defenses in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and he's actually pretty good, and he's pretty smart. I just found out this week he's a rocket scientist.
1: Yeah, bro, extremely smart, and you're not wrong. He He's very athletic, and one thing he's able to do, I mean... We saw this even this the whole year so far, even in the Cardinals organization. I know what you're gonna say. He's he's a facilitator. I
0: thought you were gonna say he's a runner. He's a track star.
1: Well he's a facilitator and he can run, dog. Like he can get you both. He has a
0: rushing touchdown each of the last three weeks.
1: Hey bro, that's two different teams.
0: Yeah. So Josh Dobbs is somebody who I like. What does he do for Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson as receiving weapons?
1: Well, I think what it can do is it can spread out the defense a little bit more. Like, you've seen the defense is pretty much just playing standard because you know that Kirk isn't going to run all that much. But now that you have Dobbs and you have to prepare for that, I think you're going to have to have your linebackers and safeties moving a little bit more. And so with that, I think it's going to open up more seams and more pockets and stuff for, you know, Addison to slide into when he's – uh you know like if he's just running like a five yard like slant or something if he can just sit in a hole you know find a little bit of a seam and catch that pass you can take it i mean addison's uh special enough to do that and then you also have add or you also have hawkinson who i mean he's just a dog i don't think he really had a Mm -hmm. I, i don't think he had a weapon like that in uh arizona Hawkinson, that being so, I think that that's going to be kind of a nice little breath of fresh air. So,
0: I like, I like, I I agree with you, and I actually really like Jordan Addison and his offense moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Dobbs a of
1: weeks, a couple of weeks, you'll have Jay Jetta back though. So,
0: yeah, that'll get tough because I don't know what that looks like. I mean, I don't know if Dobbs is the type of guy to just hyper target his ex, right? When he's that good. Or is he still going to, you know, like distribute the ball around and make the smart play, quote-unquote? Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, but this week, he plays the New Orleans Saints. Saints are coming off of a big game against the Bears. Second half rally. Their carr has been hot. Top 10 quarterback basically the last, I don't know, three weeks? What? My guy gets you 300 yards and two touchdowns pretty consistently.
1: He's not even playing every snap.
0: He ain't playing every snap. They got Taysom Hill over there eating up his uh, eating up his fantasy points. Crazy, but and I'm sorry he wasn't top ten, but he was QB nine in week seven, QB thirteen in week eight, and QB eleven in week nine. This week he gets the Minnesota Vikings offense, and that could be a shootout. Defense. He gets the Minnesota Vikings defense, but if their offense shows up, I think both these teams could go. What's the word? Uh, Tick for tag, right? Oh. Tick for tag. yeah. Throwing up
1: some 40 burgers against each other.
0: Anybody on the Saints you like moving forward? Rest of the season for fantasy?
1: Well, I mean, you got to give Chris Olave some credit. I think that he's an absolute dog. So, give me some of his stock. Uh, Kamara. Give me Kamara any day of the week. I mean, the guy looks super efficient. Looks like he hasn't missed a step. Um, Yeah, man. I don't know. This offense looks pretty primed when I was watching him last week. Um Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say maybe fading Michael Thomas a little bit more. I think he only had one target last week. Yeah. Um. Everyone else seemed to get a little bit more. I'm still on the fence about Shahid if he's gonna be uh, you know, like a consistent playmaker or not. I just ha I hate having the you know make or break with motherfuckers. And, so
0: early in their career.
1: Well, like not necessarily like, even early in their career, but like he's just. It's, it's a boomer bust every time, so it's just, it's tough.
0: Mm-hmm. I know Rashid Shahid, in terms of his speed, I mean, he ran a 4.53 at the combine, I want to say, but he's, he seems way faster than that when you actually watch him on tape.
1: Yeah, he runs like he runs a
0: 4.2. Right now, he's second in the NFL amongst wide receivers in target depth. He is fourth amongst wide receivers in the NFL in terms of total deep targets. Meaning, you know, targets that travel over 20 yards. Uh, He has 17 on the season, which once again is fourth amongst qualifying receivers. And I think the most important stat, and I, I guess it varies by who you are, but his fantasy points per target is first in the NFL. First amongst fantasy receivers. When he gets targets, he makes big things happen. Yep. So he's someone who's a very nice flex option for you moving forward. That's where I feel safe ranking him. But any given week, he can be Gabe Davis, circa, you know, what I'm saying 2021, um, and give you right. those big games that push you over the edge.
1: Right, right. It's just with that though. Like I just felt like Gabe Davis had a little bit more, you know, like hearsay as far as targets. Like he was the for sure three on that team. I can't say that she needs the for sure three on this team. I don't know. It's just
0: if not the three, is it two? I don't know. In the receiving room, I guess you got Kamara and Olave, who would be one and two, right? But you're basically saying is it Shahid or Thomas? But I mean, at least in fantasy, I, I mean, I guess it is pretty close. But I think Michael Thomas so far this year is wide receiver 46.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Shahid, last time I checked, he's wide receiver 26, 27, 28,
1: something like that. Oh, so you just checked right now? Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yep. 100%. Uh, but, yeah, Rashid Heat Doug CJ Stroud, Doug five touchdowns? Yeah, bro. 53 points?
1: Yeah, bro. Noah Brown? Yeah, bro.
0: What did you think? Did you watch the game?
1: Uh, I was red zoning, so it was pretty crazy to see it all unfold. I mean, who would have thought that that many points would have been scored, and who would have thought that you would have had a touchdown by a rookie from Ohio State with forty three seconds left and just run it down the field. Uh yeah, very impressive. And mm-hmm. and I mean that be able to throw it to another rookie that being Tank Delta to close it out. Uh very impressed by that whole team, very impressed by the performance. Uh big things looking up for Texans, man. I mean, if, if you have stock in those motherfuckers, uh, especially I would say Dalton Schultz probably has one of the bigger pops, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm excited for that team, man.
0: Dugo, what do you do with your boy Damian Pierce?
1: I mean, right now, he's just out at that ankle. So, I mean, as long as he doesn't get thrown on IR or anything, I think that you're good just keeping him on your roster. And Are you starting him? I mean, once he's back, I'm I'm going to start him once he's back, especially if they can get this air raid uh, offense going, man. I, I just think that with Damian Pierce it offers – a bit of toughness to it. I just don't think that Devin Singletary is really all that tough as far as a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that Damian Pierce gives him that sort of toughness, like I said, as far as a runner. um, they, And, you know, Devin Singletary is a pretty decent change up back. He's probably going to be the PPR back going forward. I would assume just because even the week before uh, Damien was hurt, I believe they were just about splitting touches. So, I think that you could see some uh, Singletary PPR going forward, but I think that they're going to try to get Pierce rolling, especially with, uh, like I said, with opening up the box, hopefully a little bit with that offense.
0: Is it too early to consider trading Damian Pierce in Dynasty Leagues?
1: I don't think so. I mean, to me, I think that you're kind of just chilling. You have Damian Pierce, who's in his second year in this league, and. I mean, other than, obviously, yeah, like he saw a little bit of a downtick in production, but it was also with the offense that wasn't really bouncing and going off the walls or anything. And I think that if you can get him in an offense like we had just saw, I think that it offers him a little bit more of an opportunity to go out and, you know, run through the tackles where he's designed to go. Um, Other than, you know, the defense is just designed around – stopping the running back and have this rookie beat you through the air yeah now it's going to be a little bit less or it's going to be a different philosophy it's going to be like oh shit we got to stop this pass because this motherfucker can throw for 500 yards mm-hmm. so i just think that when you have that when you have the switch in defensive philosophies going against you i just think that Damian pierce going forward is going to be the better back
0: yeah uh i guess I kind of disagree with you there because...
1: What? Fuck you, bitch.
0: That's hate. Damian Pierce, round four, day three pick. Sophomore slumpish, it, it kind of feels like. And you have Devin Singletary, the vet, who's coming in. And if he ends up being more efficient and D'Amico Ryan's first year, who did not draft Damian Pierce, that could be a bad look. Moving forward, I mean... If
1: you had seen any interviews with uh D'Amico Ryan's at all. He said that he wanted to get Damian Pierce over a thousand yards this year. So
0: when did he say that?
1: He said it in the off season.
0: So before he saw the motherfucker play?
1: No, because he saw him work all off season, and he saw him in practice all off season, and then he saw him in training camp all off season, and he saw him in preseason all off season.
0: Ain't none of that the game though. Ain't none of that NFL Sundays.
1: I'm just saying, dog. Like I think that they brought. I think that they started to give Devin Sing or Devin Singletary a little bit more work because obviously you need to get a little bit of a change of pace in an offense that is sputtering a little bit. And so when they did that, you know, like the, it still wasn't the greatest. But like I said, it was one of those weeks where Damian Pierce was out because of an ankle, and his offense blows up. I don't think that it's because he sat out that they blew up. I, I think that that'd be kind of silly. So all I'm saying is if you're able to do what they are able to do, but you're able to integrate in a running game with a strong-headed runner, I think that it's going to be advantageous to do so.
0: Call me Gray. I think that Damian Pierce kind of gives me Tyler Algier vibes. Nah. I think that he's a big body back who can continue to have usage in the system as a goal line guy. But I would not be surprised one bit if this Texans team sees how effective CJ Stroud is. They see that he's kind of lacking weapons on the perimeter. You want to implement a run game. Like D'Amico Ryans is a, he's from San Francisco. He comes from a system that had multiple backs that ran the ball a lot. I think it would be perfectly reasonable for him to see somewhat of a slump in the second year from Damian Pierce and say, hey, I need to go get a running back who can take this thing, take our run game to the next level. Right? Once again, he comes from a system that's built around the run game. I think that's what he knows. Um, Even though he's a a defensive guy, he has some say in the structure of the team. And moving forward, I could see them drafting a running back, even day two. And if he's day two, that's still a little bit higher draft capital than what they took Damian Pierce with, which was round four. And that's also coming from the previous regime before D'Amico got there. So ultimately, I think he got his guy that he inherited. He got his free agent in Devin Singletary. Okay, neither of that shit worked. Fuck it, let me go get my guy this year. Let me go get a Blake Corum, you know what I'm saying, in the second round. Let me go get Jonathan Brooks, if he's available, second round. Get my guy CJ a superstar running back, team takes off. What do you think?
1: Yeah, maybe, but, I mean, if you think about taking a Blake Corum in the second round, I think you might be reaching a little bit. With his frame, I don't know if you want to take him in the second, maybe third, maybe fourth. Um, But Jonathan, or with Brooks, though, you might be right I mean, I'm hoping the Packers are able to get some Brooks stock this year But, yeah. I mean, yeah, if the Texans are able to swoop in before the Packers are able to Then possibly, man Like, obviously, they need some running back help And you're not wrong with that offensive mind coming from the 49ers I mean, that's where his offensive coordinator came from Mm-hmm. So, it's one of those things to where, yeah, they probably want more running backs, but I'm just thinking for this year, I would definitely think that Devin Singletary is not going to be the lead back going forward. I would think that Damian Pierce is, and even with that, if I could keep Damian Pierce and have him on my team, and if he does end up becoming, you know, even a second-headed horse next year, and he has someone who can be a running mate with him. I don't think that, that necessarily dilutes his stock all that much. I mean, it's not like you drafted this kid to be the all-star running back. I mean, like you said, he was a fourth-round running back coming into the Texans. When you drafted him, the Texans weren't really shit. So, mm-hmm. I'm just saying that... Someone else drafted him. Well, I drafted him in my league. <laughs> yeah. for
0: life and life, NFL.
1: All I'm saying, though, is I'm thinking from a dynasty point of view... I drafted him. I, I want to keep him because I at least have more faith in him. And what am I going to really get for him? I mean,
0: I think you could trade Damian Pierce for a late second right now, uh, or potentially multiple thirds. I don't think anyone is trading first on draft cap, but I do think a second is definitely reasonable. And Dugo, like, if we're talking about our 10 team Dynasty League, we play in our home league at least. Shit, if I got. The 14th or 15th pick in the draft, like, that's kind of like George Pickens-ish area, right? Like, yeah, it's a little like different,
1: that. though. Like, I don't expect to get the the second pick or the third pick in the second round.
0: What if it's a team that's competing for a playoff spot in the Fantasy League and they want to go make a move that's not, like, crazy, it's not a first, but they say, you know what, I'm trying to compete, I think I got a chance, let me trade this, what's now a mid-second, Right. And uh, let me trade this mid-second for Damian Pierce. And you know what? I'll I'll hope he gives me that boost that I need at the end of the year. And, you know, assuming that team does win. Okay, cool. You got to, you know, end of the round second. But if they don't win, then you got a mid-round second. And shit, now you got a top-end pick almost.
1: No, I am still shading away from that. Just because it's not going to be what I paid for him. And at the end of the day, like I said, there's still value within Damian Pierce. Like, it's not like he's going to go off and slide off immensely because if by chance they bring in a rookie next year who is able to pick up the system, is able to do this and that. Like, we've seen motherfuckers go off to wasteland when they go to uh, the 49ers. I mean, we saw, uh, who was your boy, uh, the second-round pick? Uh Trey Sermon? Trey Sermon? Trey
0: Sermon was not my boy.
1: Yeah, bro. You love Trey Sermon. I do why, really oh, You no, love that I, motherfucker. No, and not. that guy was a second round pick, I'm pretty sure. And he Tracer. didn't do shit. So all I'm saying is that you can have whatever stock, you have whatever round pick, but if you don't go out and produce, then you ain't shit. That's why I'm saying with Damien Pierce, he's pure skill. Like, I don't care if he was picked in the fourth round. I think that he has some great stock and some great talent, and that's why I'm going to hold the motherfucker.
0: Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, okay, so cool. Damian Pierce, you're a hold. I'm a sell. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Tweet us at the TheGumboPod on Twitter. Uh, let us know what you guys uh, think about some of our takes so far. Moving forward, I want to talk about Week 10. Big week. A lot of motherfuckers fighting, climbing, trying to do whatever they can do to get to the playoffs. So Dugo, let me ask you, uh, going into week 10, if I have someone on by, like let's say I have Puka or Cooper Cuppers, one of those type of guys, um, do you have any week 10 wide receivers? And we'll categorize it. We'll go wide receivers, running back, quarterback, tight end. Do you have any week 10 wide receiver streamers that could step into my lineup this week and help push me towards a crucial win uh, while I try to, you know what I'm saying, clinch a playoff spot.
1: Uh I'm gonna have to go with there's three guys I'm gonna go with here, alright. One guy I'm pretty on the fence about the other two I think could actually get you some work. Okay. Uh the first guy here, uh <clears throat> excuse me. Uh OBJ. Okay. Well, Beckham Jr. So as we were referencing earlier in the episode, with the Ravens and passing lanes, etc cetera, etc. Cetera, one thing that I've been noticing lately is the continuous frustration of OBJ and Lamar Jackson being a real one and seeing how excited he was to... He wasn't the one able to get OBJ a touchdown, his first touchdown in 400 and some days or so. I I, I saw that uh, enthusiasm from Lamar, and I just saw that he wanted to be the one to get him the next. So I think that OBJ is going to continue seeing some more targets as far as we know he's only getting healthier and healthier. So, if you can continue getting healthier, keep getting more routes. I think OBJ can only get more work in this offense, which can hopefully lead to more targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, second guy, Trey Palmer for the Buccaneers. Uh, he's gonna be going against the uh, Titans this week. Titans aren't really the greatest as far as pass offense. So, or, excuse me, pass defense. So. I think that with Trey Palmer's speed and I think that he's getting, or I think Baker's getting a little bit more comfortable throwing to him, especially in yep. tight situations. I think that you're going to see Trey Palmer uh, blossoming uh, outside of just the fourth uh, quarter, you know, just bomb passes. I think he's going to be more integrated.
0: Okay. I like Trey Palmer a lot too.
1: And then uh, lastly, this guy is kind of a throw off, but uh, Jalen Hyatt. He's uh, he's the rookie wide receiver for the Giants. Giants are pretty disgusting right now, but I think that you could see a possibility for a deep pass uh, against this uh, Cowboys team. I just think that if you can get behind that coverage, you have Trayvon Diggs out and you have a speedster like Hyatt. I just think that if you're able to get one pass past him and get it to him, he might get you a touchdown. Could be a 70-yarder, who knows. Um, but kind of living on the edge on that one.
0: I think if there's any team that needed Carson Wentz, it was the New York Giants. Probably. Tommy DeVito uh, two two interceptions last week, one touchdown, about 175, completed it about 15 out of 20. But it looked a lot worse than what the stats show. Right. A lot of garbage time work against the Raiders, who the Raiders are, surging a little bit. Aiden O'Connell looking like a dog. But Jalen Hyatt, someone that's – I'm going to leave that one on you. Uh, that was a do-go take.
1: Hey, bro, I'm just saying, like, that's a fringe on that even I'm saying that. Who knows? I'm just thinking you might be able to get a little bit of luck out of that one.
0: Okay. Uh, I got a couple guys who I think could surge at wide receiver if you need someone to fill in for you this week and maybe have some value moving forward. So my first guy is Kyle Phillips, wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. Traylon Burks had a big injury. Uh, so he might miss some time. Will Levis has a pretty strong arm, and he looked pretty good on Thursday night. I think Kyle Phillips, opposite of DeAndre Hopkins, could be a very good target vacuum. He could be a great guy to work. In the middle of the numbers, easy dump-offs for Will Levis. He has some rapport with Will Levis, too. I think last week uh, Kyle Phillips had five
1: catches. Yeah, he ended up with eight points, but I just feel like I, I don't want to... Say he's gonna always be uh on the other side of him. I think that you might be uh forgetting about Nick Westbrook Akeem.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Westbrook Akeem is big body target, bigger than DeHa, bigger than Kyle Phillips, and he he's a nice option definitely on the outside. But ultimately, I think that what I saw from Vrabel on Thursday night, and I guess what I saw from their offensive coordinator, is that they want to slow roll Will Levis. Like, Will Levis got introduced to us with that big game where he had a ton of touchdowns, and that's cool and great, but they really want to slow roll this guy and get it right. And I think they all, they lost the game from playing too conservative, in my opinion. So, I guess, long story less long, I expect them to go ahead and have Will Levis just complete easier passes. Let's let's build you up. Let's get DeHenney more involved. Let's slow roll this thing. Let's do it the quote-unquote right way.
1: I like it. I think that Kyle Phillips eats from the slot going forward, folks. Yeah. Who else you got for us?
0: Uh, That's someone I like a lot. And then Cedric Tillman for the Cleveland Browns.
1: He's going to be a dog someday, dog.
0: He's an interesting add, especially if Amari Cooper were to miss any time, and especially with Donovan Peoples-Jones being traded to Detroit. A wide receiver slot opened up in that starting lineup, opposite of Cooper, with Elijah Moore in the slot. And if Cedric Tillman can win out and hold that down, I think he's, once again, 6'2", 6'3", receiver. They drafted him this year with knowing that they had Deshaun Watson at their disposal. And there was obviously a plan when they put him on their draft board. I think that over the course of the season, he's going to become an important weapon. And I think during uh, during the last stretch of the season with Deshaun Watson, Elijah Moore, he gets catches, but they're not really of any, like, there's no death. In his catches, it's, it's a lot of stuff close to the line of scrimmage. Cedric Tillman could potentially end up being somewhat of a deep threat for this team with the strong-armed quarterback and Deshaun Watson. Moving forward, running back. You got any running backs you like this week to stream?
1: Um, Yeah, one second. So not really necessarily a streaming option because he's owned in about 60% of leagues, but I like Deontay Foreman this week going against the Carolina Panthers. It's going to be the team that he had just left the year prior, so I think it's going to be a little bit of homecoming, a little bit of a look at what you're missing out on. Uh, so I like him. I also like the sprinkle a little bit of Roshan Johnson, who is available in about 50% of the leagues as well. Um, there's not really a lot of depth out there, folks. So, I mean, you're going to probably be scraping a little bit of the barrel, but obviously we talked about Keaton Mitchell. I like him and also Ty Chandler for the Vikings. Okay.
0: Hmm. keith mitchell is my first ad so i agree with you there
1: hell yeah dog
0: and my second guy would probably be i guess this week i'm gonna go on a limb and say leonard fournette
1: you think he's gonna be playing
0: yeah he signed with the team early last week he practiced with them kind of got more so in shape over the course of the week sat out last week sunday Uh, against the Bengals, and it looks like he's probably going to get activated this week.
1: Okay, hell yeah.
0: They brought him on the roster. It's Leonard Fournette, and ultimately, they play the Denver Broncos, a bad team. Yep. The Bills are coming off a loss. They could go into Denver, that Denver game, you know, playing hot, playing, you know, emotional. They could get ahead early, and Leonard Fournette could fall into touches. End of the game, they're letting guys sit, you know, There's just more opportunity for Leonard Fournette to get run on the ground, and they might test it out to see what they have in them. I mean, it's week ten of the season. Right, season's more than half over. You don't really have time to slow roll this. Like you got to figure out what you got, so you know how to win games, especially on a team in the Bills that are are they five hundred right now? Under five hundred?
1: The Bills, I believe, are five and four.
0: Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think you need to go ahead and figure out what you got because after that loss against the Bengals. They don't look too great. You're right; they're five and four. Um, but if you want to get past the Dolphins, like figure out if you can run the ball. So Leonard Fournette, Keaton Mitchell, two guys I like a lot. And I guess if I had to give you guys a third, uh, I'll tank Bigsby a little bit. I think Tank Bigsby is a good pickup if he's available. He's a good stash. They play the Niners this week. The Niners are a hard-nosed football team who just got off a bye. Three losses in a row prior to that. They're going to come into this game angry. They're going to hit hard. I don't want to, like, project an injury on anyone. But if ETN continues to be a workhorse against his Niners front and this Niners defense, he's going to get banged up. Maybe not banged up enough to be injured, but enough to where they might want to alleviate some of that.
1: It'll be a physical game for sure, yeah.
0: You want to have a guy like Tank Bigsby to kind of combat that, so... He's a very, very deep shot play, but he's someone that I would like as a stash moving forward. That's fair. Quarterbacks, who you got? Uh
1: obviously we talked about Josh Dobbs already. Obviously if you can go grab him if you need him for a flex option or something, go absolutely grab him right now. Uh otherwise I like Taylor Heineke, man. He's going against the Cardinals this week. Uh we just saw what, you know, Josh Dobbs can do off of a short week against the Falcons. Um and I think that Taylor Heineke might, you know, need a little bit more of a extra pep in a step going forward. So, mm-hmm. against guess the defense that isn't very good. I think that Taylor Heineke going to try to show off what he has and keep that starting spot. So, I like him. Uh, otherwise, folks, we're kind of scraping the barrel other than that. But let's go with possibly a Kenny Pickett play against the Packers. I think that that might be able to get some fruition for you if you have an opportunity, if you're getting that deep. I just feel like with Deontay Johnson, with George Pickens, and with the rest of the group out there, you might get a young secondary kind of staring around looking like they don't know what they're doing with the Packers. So mm-hmm. uh, you might get a little bit of work with Kenny Pickett. Who you got for us, bro? Pretty
0: much the same. I mean, quarterback's not that deep. Right. If Deshaun Watson's available, he's my first pickup. If right. Josh Dobbs is available, he's my second. And if Taylor Heineke against the Cardinals is available, he's my third. I think they're going to have to throw the ball against Kyler Murray and that Cardinals team. I think that Cardinals team is going to come out and they're going to score some points. And Heineke could be a guy who just just gets the pass attempts. Right. So, I mean, it's I'm not overly confident in any of those guys. But my one is Watson. My two is Dobbs. And my three is Taylor Heineke. And last but not least, tight ends, because we love tight ends.
1: Goddamn right, right. Uh, uh, who you got? Yeah, so, I mean, if you have uh, a pinjet tight end, I would say, like, Kylan Granson. He's probably going to be one of the first available just because of his projected points. Um, but whenever he's in there, it seems like he always snags a touchdown for the Colts, so uh going against the any or going against the Patriots this week uh he might try to see uh some people try to get a little bit more unique and get other people more involved Granson's kind of one of those guys that you know balls under the radar a bit so he'll be one of those cats that will be able to get you i think a touchdown um and then it, you're getting a little thin after that, folks. But I would say Juwan Johnson for the Saints might be able to get you some work.
0: You stole that one from me.
1: And then secondly, or uh, lastly for me, Hayden Hurst uh, going against the Bears, I think is going to be one of those cats for you who can possibly snag you a touchdown if needed. So you'll hopefully leave with at least six or so points at that uh, position. So
0: Hayden Hurst is a Thursday night game, Panthers versus Bears.
1: Yeah. Shitty game, by the way, Prime time.
0: If you're in a position in which, let's say, you had a Darren Waller or a Dallas Goddard, and now you don't, Thursday night, kind of earlier in the fantasy week, but how confident would you be in someone like a Hayden Hurst against the Bears? I know you just said you think maybe yeah. six or so points, but scale of one to one hundred.
1: Uh, as far as confident, I'd probably go like a let's go like a fifty-three. I'd be I'd be more than uh, comfortable throwing him in there if I had him in my lineup.
0: I'm so scarred from Thursday night players.
1: Yeah, bro. It's one of those things where it's not always the best. But usually when you look at Thursday night players, it's usually the people who you don't think about who are scoring them. So, Mm -hmm. if so facto, maybe Hayden Hurst is a good play.
0: Okay. Uh, I guess I would agree with you with Juwan Johnson. I, I liked him coming into the season because I thought the Saints offense would look more like it looks now but earlier. Yeah. So, Juwan Johnson is kind of coming into form. It's the second half of the season. Every year, we see guys kind of pick it up as after, you know, they kind of get integrated into whatever the offense might be or the new quarterback is. Yep. Juwan Johnson, I like. Another guy, I think, is a deep shot, but if he's available, I'm starting him. Noah Fant.
1: Okay. Why well, Noah Fant?
0: Tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks just came off of a bad loss against the Ravens where they lost by, like, 30. Yep. I don't think a Pete Carroll team is going to go into the second week and just, I don't know, for lack of better words, just stink it up. I think Noah Fant, who, I mean, he hasn't been super great this year, but he is 15th (laughs) amongst tight ends with deep targets, even though he only has a couple. But I do think that this Washington Commanders team, they lost their pass rushers in Montez and Chase Young.
1: Yep. Don't really need to keep tight down in for, to block really. Exactly.
0: So those tight ends are gonna be able to go ahead and play play out wide a little bit and you know eat up those uh you know those middle of the field targets. So I like Noah Fant this week. I like Juwan Johnson this week, but if I had to absolutely start someone in a pinch, I'm going Tyler Conklin, tight end for the New York Jets. Okay. He's relatively consistent when it comes to his catches, man. He gets his targets, he gets his catches. He went six for six last week with sixty-six yards. So if you do the math, it's eleven yards per catch. But Tyler Conklin, he's relatively reliable in that he has a pretty safe floor. Like he yeah. had, a, he has, he'll get you a zero. He'll get he you got, got you one zero against the Giants, and that was just a that was a really bad game. But outside of that, I mean, his floor is about three to four catches for. For tight ends, that's normal. Yeah, That's about average. If you get a low end, tight end one, that's a great streaming option. Yep. So those are our guys. Um, anything else you got for the people?
1: Nah, bro. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's get man. the fuck out of
0: here. My name is Josh.
1: Hey, it's Dugo, Appreciate y'all tapping with those head tops.
0: Follow us at Fantasy Football with Gumbo on all socials or the Gumbo Pod. Um, and until we meet again, uh, happy fishing, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.